0: As Christians in our modern society, we are sometimes on the unfortunate end of barbs and insults from other people. You've heard them, bigot, hypocrite, intolerant. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. So this shouldn't surprise us. Recognizing too, of course, that sometimes we Christians can invite these insults on ourselves in failing to give a good witness to Christ. But there is another insult that Christians can receive, one that typically comes from other Christians, and that is, you are a legalist. Very commonly, that insult is directed against Catholics by Protestants because Protestants often perceive the Catholic faith as being full of rituals and practices, which they see as somehow displacing a primary relationship with Jesus Christ, in favor of following laws and rules. But it's also used rather frequently even within these different groups. Often a Protestant will rebuke a fellow Protestant for following or advocating some notion of Christianity they view as legalistic. Or even we Catholics can exchange this accusation amongst ourselves, saying that some person or group is too rigidly following certain laws while missing the bigger picture. Now, sometimes the charge of legalism in a church context against someone is justified. Other times it isn't. There are certainly people who are at times legalistic. They slavishly follow various rules and practices while losing sight of the purpose for them. Or they assume that obeying a rule or practice is the paramount concern in a given situation, when in fact it is meant to be subordinate to some higher consideration. Other times, however, the charge of legalism is itself misguided, because the person making the accusation doesn't understand the very good reason why another person may be following a rule or practice so precisely. And so he or she rashly judges that the other person is being legalistic. The root of the problem of legalism, whether real or falsely perceived, is ignorance. Either a person is following laws blindly without a deeper understanding or else a person wrongly thinks that another person is blindly following laws. Whichever way, the epithet legalist exists in Christian parlance because of a lack of understanding. When a person follows laws ignorantly, in other words, without understanding why they are following them, or what good the law is intended to foster, things end up being inequitable, out of proportion, and pastorally ineffective. And ultimately, charity itself becomes a casualty of legalism. But similarly, when a person assumes that something or someone else is being legalistic without trying to really understand why a law is there in the first place and why the person is trying to follow it so strictly, that results in, or can be a cover for, arrogance and self-justification and a lack of docility, and ultimately, yes, a loss of charity. Both the legalist as well as the reflexive anti-legalist end up being in essentially the same spot. In today's gospel, Jesus Christ gives us the antidote to legalism, or to the false assumption of legalism against another. In fact, if we understand what he says, we found the key to everything in the Christian life. Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend upon these two commands. Now, notice what Jesus does not say. He does not say that these two commandments replace the law and the prophets. Rather, he tells us that they are the lens or the interpretive framework through which we need to understand every other more particular law or commandment that we are given in the Christian life. As fallen human beings, we need laws to direct and channel our moral and spiritual lives in the most productive way. We can't just be told, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, and assume that everything else will work itself out. Because we are lazy and self-centered and self-indulgent, and we are very good at self-justification. This is why God also gives us, at times, very specific commandments about what to do. Not just lofty ideas like love everyone or be merciful. Rather, as the first reading tells us, you shall not molest or oppress an alien. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If you lend money to a poor person, you shall not demand interest from them. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, then you shall return it to them before sunset. Our Lord gives us in these instances these very specific commandments. To awaken our moral imagination to the idea that the command to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves makes concrete demands upon us. St. James warns against making Christian love into a kind of abstraction. He said, if a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for the day, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and be well fed, but you do not give them the necessities for their body, well then what good is it? Our neighbors, first and foremost, are those who are the most needy and defenseless. Because love is not merely an emotion or a state of mind. It's not a feeling or merely an idea. It is instead the very concrete application of ourselves to the persons and problems that are right before us. Because love means pursuing the good of another person. That's why God gives us the sacraments. It's why he gives us the scriptures. It's why he gives us the Ten Commandments and the magisterium of the Catholic Church. Because these are the guideposts around which we are meant to form Our Christian lives. They are the moles through which the primordial command to love God and to love our neighbor is shaped and solidified. And that's why the church has laws about how things need to be done sometimes, how the mass and the sacraments are to be celebrated, how the church is to be run, and how we are to live our lives as Christians. Having those laws is not legalism. We need laws in order to structure our lives, to channel our will, so that our actions manifest the divine calling that we received in our baptism. Laws are not followed for their own sake, but they are followed with a due strictness, because we recognize that obedience to them shapes us into the kind of persons who can live in heaven, which is the kingdom of love. Whoever loves me keeps my word, says the Lord, and my Father will love him, and he will come To him, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.